Well, good morning, Grace people. It is good to be with you this morning. It's good to also be those, with those of you who are watching in the sanctuary today. Uh, Jesus is present because his people are present. And uh, where we are gathered together, we can trust that God has invited us and brought us here today for this very purpose, to be together and to be with him and to learn of him and to worship him. That is why we are God's people, and that's why Jesus makes us family, and it's good to be together. Today, as we continue in our sermon series that's been carrying us all through this summer, we've been in the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, the wonderful thing about spending time, an extended period of time, in a gospel like this is that it's all about Jesus. <laughs> you know, we, we like to make uh, religion and church about so many different things, and we can lose sight of the one who it is all about. It's about Jesus. It's about what he has to say to us. It's about what he has to lead us into. It's about what he has done for us. And all of that is laid out with such beauty in the gospel according to Matthew. And I've been enjoying this journey with you and this journey with Jesus, hearing both from my colleagues and and diving into God's word. There are things that I continue to learn as we study and are in God's word together. So today, as we continue in this journey in Matthew, I have a question for you. It's just a question I want you to keep in your mind as we explore the text today that God has for us. It's a simple question. Do you believe in miracles? Got a lot of yeses coming at me right now. It was a rhetorical question, but that's okay. It's good. (laughs) I'm glad you are faithfully saying, yes, we believe in miracles. But I I want you to dive into this text with that question in mind as we come into it and look at it as Jesus' disciples. And the text for today is going to be in Matthew chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles with you and would like to open up to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 14, we are going to be beginning at verse 13 in the gospel today. And we're going to get right into the text, but I want to set up the text for you a little bit. I want to let you know what is happening right before this portion of Scripture. And to put it simply, it's this. John the Baptist, a key figure in the life of Jesus, has been killed. I should say he has been executed right before we come to this section of Scripture. And I think we're going to see how that event plays out into what happens in the next few verses In the next passage, as a matter of fact, throughout the remainder of the gospel according to Matthew, it's a pivotal and important event, and it leads right into this place in the gospel of Matthew, beginning at verse 13. So I'm going to read this passage to you. It's got some length to it, but I want you to follow along and place yourself right there with Jesus and his disciples as one of his disciples as we read together. When Jesus heard what had happened... He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. 
and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country, People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. These two stories, these two miracles, this moment in the life of Jesus and his disciples reveals so many things. For starters, it reveals something about Jesus' disciples something that, that we have to look at even in context to get the feeling of. How are Jesus' disciples feeling? What are they experiencing in this passage? There are three things that stand out to me. They are feeling discouraged. They are feeling afraid. And they are feeling disconnected from Jesus. Why would they be experiencing these three things? Why and what are they discouraged about? Well, as you can imagine, they have just lost somebody in their lives who was very close to them. John the Baptist was not just anybody. John the Baptist actually had a number of disciples himself. Several of those disciples later became disciples of Jesus. They were very well acquainted with one another. In fact, we know from the Gospels that John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus. This was family, friends. This was somebody close to them. And he had died under tragic circumstances. 
at the hands of an evil king. They're still taking this all in. And part of it has them discouraged. And part of it has them afraid. And as this moment happens, what does Jesus do? Jesus says, I need some time by myself, guys. And Jesus climbs in the boat and heads off by himself. And his disciples are left standing on the shore. Well, what now? And as Jesus is out away from the shore in his boat, the crowds that are still around see him and want to meet him wherever he's going to land. And it's not a small crowd. It's 5,000 men plus women and children. So imagine perhaps 10,000 people looking for Jesus, hanging with his disciples, walking to meet Jesus. And when Jesus finally comes to shore, there they are in all of their brokenness and with all of their needs. Jesus, could you, could you come heal my child? Jesus, could you come deal with this sickness that, that I have? Oh, Jesus, could you come and, and, and teach me? Could you come and, and just be with me? Could you come and, and help me? Could you, could, you, could you meet my need, Jesus? It says Jesus had compassion on them. And that's exactly what he started to do. He, he started to, to teach them and, to, and to, to, to heal them and to minister to them. And the disciples are standing around going, wow, there's so much need. There's just so much need. And as the evening goes on and the time just keeps going by and Jesus just keeps doing his thing, the disciples are like, people are getting hungry, Jesus. So are we. Could, we. could we wrap up this camp meeting now, maybe? Could we send them home, send them out someplace to go get something to eat? And Jesus says, no, why don't you feed them? And the disciples are like, really, Jesus? What have we got to feed them with? We got a few loaves, five loaves for the 12 of us. It's about all we had to eat couple of fish bring it to me says Jesus and miraculously that's multiplied and given out and as they're all eating as the disciples are still collecting all the empty baskets that are now overflowing with pieces and going wow 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 Jesus Jesus looks at them and says, yes, here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to all get into the boat and head to the other side. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to go off and be by myself again. Really? Don't we get to spend some time with you, Jesus, right now? But Jesus says, no, you guys go on ahead of me. I'll, I'll meet you on the other side. And Jesus goes off again to pray by himself. And now the wind starts buffeting the boat. The storm is rising. The disciples have been there before, by the way. But the last time, Jesus was with them in the boat. Now this time, they're on their own. At least they feel like they're on their own. Feeling discouraged. Now feeling afraid. Feeling disconnected and abandoned. Jesus, where are you? 
And Jesus walks out onto the water. And they see him coming and don't even recognize him. And they're terrified, thinking it's a ghost. And Jesus speaks to them. Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter, being Peter, (laughs) jumps up and says, if it's really you, call me out on that water. And Jesus does. And Peter walks and takes a few steps on the water. Wow. And then gets freaked out by the wind and and the storm and starts to sink himself and cries out to Jesus, save me! And immediately Jesus grabs him by the hand, pulls him up. Oh, Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt me? And they climb back in the boat and immediately the wind dies and it's gone. It's crystal clear and calm again. And now the disciples are in a place of wonderment and astonishment and worship. Discouraged, afraid, and feeling disconnected from Jesus. Can anybody relate? Have you felt discouraged at all? Have you felt afraid? Have you felt maybe disconnection from Jesus or wondering where he is or when he is going to step in and do something. I know I have. Just a few weeks ago, I spent some time out in Colorado with my wife at a, at a gathering of pastors for a seminar. And a lot of those pastors and a lot of those spouses are all feeling the same kind of thing. Wow, what a year we've been through. And it's not over. And they look around at the world around them and even within their church and they go, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This is hard. It's easy to feel discouraged. It's easy to feel afraid of what the future holds. It's easy to wonder, God, where are you? When you look around, those questions are real questions, friends. And it's okay to ask them, and it's okay to feel those things and to wonder those things, because that's real life. And as I sat out at one point by myself just staring at a beautiful mountain out there, I felt the Lord say something to me that maybe can be something for you. He just said, Darren, you can't fix it, so stop fixating on it. Maybe that feels like something for you today. You can't fix it, so stop fixating on it. Because if you feel discouraged or if you're feeling afraid or if you're feeling alone, you need to know that you can't fix it. The world can't be fixed by you. The world can't be fixed by me. In fact, it's going to take a miracle. And that's who Jesus is. Because what's revealed in this passage is who Jesus is. Not just any common man, not just any faith healer. He is the Son of God. He is Lord, Savior, Messiah, King. 
And he comes and does those things that a creative God does. The God who created the heavens and the earth, whose spirit hovered over the water and brought order out of the chaos, there's Jesus out on the water, standing above it, bringing order to the chaos. The God of the universe who created every plant to feed those of us in our humanness and in our need, takes a few loaves of bread and feeds thousands. This is the same God, friends. This is the God who created the universe. And this same God who created everything out of nothing needs nothing from you and has given everything for you. If you're feeling discouraged, afraid, disconnected from Jesus, hear what Jesus has to say. Take courage. It's me, Jesus. And those words that he says when he says, it is I, those are the same words that he says repeatedly in John in Greek. I am. Take courage. I am. Do not be afraid. This is God in the flesh who walks out on the water and comes to his disciples who are discouraged, afraid, and feeling disconnected and says, Take courage. I am. Do not be afraid. And the water calms. And the people are fed, and the broken are healed, and the wounded are given hope. This is who Jesus comes to reveal to us. God the creator in the flesh. And there's an echo in what Jesus says. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. It's an echo of Deuteronomy 31.8. When God speaks to Joshua, who was also afraid and discouraged and wondering what was coming next, and he says to him, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Jesus echoes the same thing that our human hearts need to hear in the brokenness of a world that you can't fix and neither can I. But God can. Jesus will. And he promises it to us. Jesus will provide the miracle you need when you need it. He always does and he always has. And when he says take courage, he means it. Take courage. Well, take courage from where? Well, take courage from Jesus himself. Are you feeling discouraged? Take some courage from Jesus. He has enough. He has an abundance. He wants to share it with you. He wants to put it into you through his Holy Spirit. You discouraged? Take courage from Jesus. Are you feeling afraid? Take some bravery from Jesus. He's offering it to you. 
Are you feeling alone and disconnected? Are you wondering where God is? Have faith. Take some faith from Jesus because that's a miracle too. All of this is going to require a miracle from God and it's the miracle that God has provided in revealing who he is, in Jesus revealing who he is, the miracle worker, the Messiah, the King, the Lord, the Savior. Jesus is saying, I have what you need and I am willing to give it to you free of charge. All you need to do is believe. And that in and of itself is a gift. Folks, the greatest miracle that you and I will ever experience in our lives is to believe in the one who works miracles. That first miracle is a miracle of faith, and it is given to you. It's a gift to believe in the one whom God has sent. That is the work of God. That's what Jesus says. What is the work of God? To believe in the one he sent. To believe in Jesus. I need this miracle. I need this miracle every day. You do too. Amen. I agree. That's right. Bring it, Winston. Yeah, out of the mouth of children. That's right. Amen. We need this. If you believe in Jesus, you have experienced the greatest miracle of all, and it will allow you to be open to seeing the other miracles that God has in store. So take courage. Do not be afraid. Know that God is with you. He is with us. He is moving forward. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And now that you have taken what God has offered, now that you've received what Jesus has delivered, guess what? You get to give it to somebody else too. Because you know that there's somebody near you who needs courage. You know there's someone near you who needs to hear that God is with them and that they don't need to be afraid. You know those folks are around you because you're one of them. <laughs> and now you get to share this with them. That's how we connect people to Jesus. Not from our place of having it all figured out. Not from our place of trying to fix them or fix ourselves or fix the world. But from a place of knowing we can't fix it. It's going to take a miracle. And that's exactly what God has provided through Jesus for you and for me. Do you believe in miracles? I hope you do. And if you don't, receive a gift of that miracle of faith today. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us everything, for you made everything out of nothing. 
And that is a word of encouragement to us, Lord, because it means it doesn't all rest on us. We can't hold this world together. But you can, and you do. And you desire to bring hope to the hopeless, healing to those who are in need of healing, salvation to those who need faith and forgiveness. Encouragement, Lord, and your presence with us. So, Lord, be present with us today. Holy Spirit, come and fill your people with faith. Encourage them, Lord. And bring us forward in your kingdom. All to your glory, Jesus, and to no one else's. We pray these things today, Jesus, in your name. Amen.